It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Trailing to play now, it's Eklund fighting for it. Across the line, poked it back. Kevin LeBanc moving in. LeBanc fighting for the puck, can't get it. And the Islanders take off with Pajot. He can fly. He's into the shark zone, goes for the backhander to the forehand. He scores! A shorthanded goal for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. We told you he could skate, but he can also dink and dangle. That is his 12th goal of the season to tie this game 1-1. The 10th shorthanded goal the Sharks have allowed this year. Islanders move it deep into the San Jose end. Dobson turns away from Vlasic, holding the puck on the right boards, flips it back. Pajot, cross ice, Romanov shoots, tipped score! Zach Parisi makes it look easy. That puck looked like it went off his stick. Romanov tossing it toward the goal, and it tips by Kakinen. Zach Parisi was on the inside of the left wing faceoff circle, some 25 feet away, and yet he's going to get credit for that goal. Yeah, I mean, we, I thought we played well in the first period. We killed the penalties, and five by five, we were good, and then you give up a shorthanded goal. It's just, and right now, listen, you know, the way our season's gone, you know, we've gotten off to good starts. Right now, when the adversity hits, we have a hard time getting over it. And I think it's not just because of what's going on within the framework of the game, but I think it's what's going on over the course of the season. You know, when you're a winning team and had success throughout the season and something bad happens, you've got an awful lot of confidence and swagger. And when you've had the season we have had and something goes bad in the game right now, you know, we have to work a little extra hard to, to get over it. And that really is the reality of the situation. And, we got to keep working on our mental toughness and not let, you know, a goal or a bad stretch get in the way of the rest of the game. We're in the end game now. I apologize for the Avengers melodrama bringing us in on a Monday afternoon as we get ready for the Sharks to take on the Edmonton Oilers, but I feel like we are in the final stretch of the season. We have 12 games left. There is not a lot for the Sharks to play for, and that's why we're going to learn a lot about what these teams are bringing to the table, a lot about what these games mean to these different players. And once again, the Sharks are going to be slightly less talented than they were before because we had the uh, sending down of William Eklund. He's going back to the Barracuda. Of course, there are financial and contractual obligations in mind with that move. And we see that William Eklund can play, but he finally broke through with his first two goals. He was able to contribute on offense. I, I definitely liked what we saw out of him. But once again, this is the rest of the year where the Sharks are going to be in a position where they are constantly battling against teams playing in bigger games. If we take a look at the schedule for the remainder of this month, they only have one game against a team that is not in the playoff race. And that is going to be on Thursday with Vancouver because tonight it's Edmonton. Then, like I said, Thursday, Vancouver, and then it's going to be at Calgary. Calgary just a couple points out of that final playoff spot for the time being. Then next Tuesday, the 28th, it is hosting Winnipeg. And then on Thursday, the 30th, 
it is hosting Las Vegas. Let's take us into the month of April. Okay, Saturday the 1st, that's going to be at Arizona. That is not a playoff game. But then you're hosting Colorado for two straight. That's a team that's been battling all year long to defend their title, and you know they're going to have a push towards the end here. Then you're hosting Edmonton on the 8th before you visit Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton to end the year. And listen, we all know it's not supposed to be easy, but the Sharks are in a situation where they know they've been eliminated from playoff contention. They know they have been thoroughly dismantled throughout the course of the year and to be shown as a team that's not worthy of the playoffs. But you know, this is where you do see the value of a guy like Kevin LeBanc really trying to prove himself. And I know the immediate argument as well, where was this earlier in the year when the games did matter? And my ultimate answer to that is that I'd rather have it late than never because I think that if Kevin LeBanc wants to prove that he can be a part of this Sharks team going forward, this is the time to do so. When these games are not as meaningful, when they are not as impactful, and when they are not for the playoffs. I mean, this is the, okay, let's see what you have from here into the end. Let's see what sort of a mentality you have. Let's see what your attitude is. And for Kevin LeBanc, he's been scoring goals again and doing so in a pretty impressive fashion. I mean, that goal that he scored two games ago was pretty nice. The one he scored in the last game was pretty nice. One more chance, and it's fed toward the front of the net. And how about the effort by Benning there, getting there just in time to get a little piece of Parisi, and the Sharks kill the penalty off and skate out. And LeBanc is on the ice. He's in the offensive zone. He shoots. He scores! What a spectacular effort by Kevin LeBanc, serving the extra minor for Andreas Johnson, coming out of the box, taking the pass, and skating in with precision and with intensity. A beautiful shot, top corner, beats Sorokin, and it's 1-0 Sharks at 7.31 of this game. The obvious problem is that was where the Sharks' offense ended for the night. They did not get anything going. They had trouble with extended puck possession. They just looked off kilter for the remainder of the evening, and... Listen, I, I don't know what more we can really expect of the Sharks this year, and I'm not trying to say that to be a defeatist mentality, but it's like we have seen this time and time again. They are good at going up early, but they don't have a lot of pushback or the ability to build upon a lead that they are able to obtain. It's like they're there. They're able to get that one goal and take an early lead, but they have not been able to extend that into a 2 nothing lead or you know, take a 2-1 lead to a 3-1 lead or a 4-1 lead. Nothing has come easier for this team. And, you know, there there has been no stark improvement over the course of the year. And I don't mean that to be inflammatory. Like, I think David Quinn has given this team a, a better chance to perform all throughout the year. And I think the team has taken small steps to be a better team. But ultimately, when you, you know, when you're improving and then you make trades and then you're dealing with injuries and then you've had everything that the Sharks have been dealing with this year, the end result is not entirely unexpected with where they are right now. I mean, this is just this is just where it is. This is just where the team ultimately is finding themselves and that's why you've got to play really good hockey from, you know, from now until the end of the year, but that becomes that much harder like I said because now we no longer have William Eklund who is not very far removed from scoring his first ever NHL goal and was getting better and better. Loose play on the left wing side, Blue Jackets in. It's Hurdle, Eklund, throwing it back to the point. Pouliot, back in front, Eklund, backhand shot. He scores! First National Hockey League goal for William Eklund on a hard backhand shot after some great work. And that puts the Sharks back in the game. 9.36 to go in the second period. William Eklund gets number one. The score is the Blue Jackets, three and the Sharks, two. 
And that's a great moment for William Eklund to have that breakthrough and hopefully a great moment of motivation for him to want to get back into the NHL as quickly as possible and be playing in big-time games. And I understand that maybe your argument is, well, the games aren't as big in the AHL, but at the same time, listen, I, I would like him to play in meaningful games, and I think there can be a danger of being around a team that right now is out of it. And I don't know if that's going to prevent whether or not we'll see a Thomas Bordalo, whether or not we're going to see a Shakira Makhmadoulin coming up. I mean, these are all things that we are wondering about. And apologies if after the recording of this, either one of those moves does happen. But, you know, it's what I'm it's what I'm looking at. Like, you can have big games, big moments. And listen, I don't think there's anything different about if it was a collegiate athlete. Like, wouldn't you want, if we're talking about college football, wouldn't you want the guy who had played in the Rose Bowl the year before the national championship game? Like, wouldn't you like them to have that experience under their belts? To me, that's no different than how we consider this situation. And yes, it's a little bit different in that, you know, they were already up in the professional top tier league, but at the same time, William Eklund is still very much a prospect and the path from amateur to pro is not as linear in the National Hockey League or in hockey in general as it is than when we compare it to other sports. But I'm just saying if we're to make a wide-ranging juxtaposition of these situations, like, yeah, you want the guy who's got the big game experience and I think it will help William Eklund and his overall path to being a successful professional if he does have some of this big level experience while the potential is there right now get the guy in big time critical moments it might not be the same level of gameplay per se but the pressure exists for a reason like they don't have the playoffs for nothing it's not just to make the players feel good about themselves it's because championships matter playoff games matter experience matters and if you're a general manager and Mike Greer, you want the player to have that big game experience heading into the following season. That's not to say that it's going to be easy by any means to just plan it out for that experience to lead to that much more improved play out there on the ice. But it is a card you can play. And I don't have a problem with Mike Greer playing that because the Sharks need that type of a boost. They need that type of a um, player next year and the year after that does have some big time experience with playoff style situations before this team is actually back in the playoffs for the first time. I know that is wishful thinking on my behalf because we don't exactly know when this team is going to be back in the playoffs, but it's still something that I am looking forward to and hopeful that the Sharks will be in the playoffs sooner rather than later, and they will be able to lean on some of the experiences that they've had in the past. It was a tough one, but you know the value of making the playoffs and potentially playing in a playoff series is huge for development. He's 20 years old, and you know we really like what we saw out of him up here, and he gets an opportunity to get on there. He's disappointed and, you know, get back at it and lead that team to the playoffs. So you're looking at the creation of opportunity. You're looking at the creation of William Eklund playing in big-time games, and you're looking at him having the chance to prove himself more to the franchise because that seems to be a big part of what Mike Greer wants to do. He wants young players to prove it. He wants young guys to put in the effort, put in the time, and not have anything handed to them. And maybe he saw that's the way that it worked, or maybe he saw previously that it wasn't working elsewhere or with the Sharks or whatever it was. You know, I am not trying to argue with that mentality. I'm just trying to talk my way through it so that we can all think about what Mike Greer is exactly trying to do because he's never come out specifically and said that, and he has allowed guys to get chances. But I think that he wants these young players to put in the hard work and get that experience. And for a guy like William Eklund, it did work out, and he was able to come up and prove that he is capable of playing at the National Hockey League level. And right now, there is better opportunity for him with the Barracuda to get more of that learning and get more of that experience in, as opposed to the Sharks who are going through some very tough times. It's not going to be easy from here on out, but at the same time, you have to 
You have to take it all in stride. You have to look at everything that is happening to the team and know that it is most definitely going to be difficult. Uh, goals. A lot of the games, we we play hard. We do the game plan good. And uh, uh, what I notice is uh, we have a lack. Uh, we don't score enough when we have uh, our big moments in the game. I can see we, we're dropping a little bit of self-confidence uh, when we let in a goal. Because usually, I think every game, actually, we, we've we been the better team the first 10 minutes, or at least the bigger a bigger minutes of the first period. Uh, and somehow we we managed to either we let in goals in the second period or we 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 let in some goal in the end and then it kind of brings it to the second period. Uh, but I think to come and see how, how hard everyone works and how hard everyone wants to win, is you know, that's been great. Uh, and I think right now it's just well, a couple of bounces where we're not getting lucky enough. That's Andreas Johnson, who is, you know, relatively newer, but at the same time, like he's seen all the things that we're all seeing. The fact that the Sharks are able to adhere to the game plan early, are able to do the things that they are trying to do over the course of the game, but it doesn't continue to go their way. And I don't know when this team is going to be able to figure that out, that ability to take that game plan throughout the entirety of the 60 minutes, nor do I expect it to happen this year. But I do think that, like we get to see Andreas Johnson, like we get to see Kevin LeBanc, like we get to see you know a number of these different players on the Sharks this year. And I hope that it leads them to have that much more of the ability to be at a more cohesive point at the start of next season. And I don't know if this team is going to battle for a playoff spot next year. I would I would be hopeful that they might be able to quickly start get things pointed in the right direction because I know that with even with all the talk of an Eric Carlson trade. I can't say that he is not going to be here because, you know, that's a lot of money you would be looking to retain. Um, but, you know, maybe there is a chance this team does get turned in, tur- turned around and maybe they have that much more of the ability to not hit the ground running because I think that's too optimistic to look at where the Sharks will be next year because they're still going to be in a struggling place. It's not going to be like a team that is on the climb, kind of like what we saw out of Colorado or, you know, other, other teams, but just more of a place where everybody's on the same page. And then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with new Devara, where his career prospects go from here, but I do think that getting the return of a Luke Cunning and hopefully seeing William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo maybe being up with the team and seeing a little bit more experience for some of the other players, the, the team is in a place where they can be just a little bit better because although just a little bit better is a very small bar to clear, if the Sharks had been just a little bit better in a lot of the games they lost in overtimes and shootouts, you know, there would be an entirely different narrative going on around the team. I mean, if they'd been just a little bit better in that game against Anaheim, I know I reference this all the time, but it's just because I've never seen it before with the Sharks being up 4-2 and falling in overtime in a shootout. You You had five minutes left in the game and they couldn't get it done. That is staggering. And like I said, if they had been just a little bit better, it would have led itself to potentially two points in that game. And there's a number of situations I can talk about like that. Or, you know, you look at the game where they scored the empty net goal and lost. Yeah, I mean, those are the types of situations I am referencing because if they had been just a little bit better, that changes, you know, pretty much everything. And while we don't know exactly what the roster will be next year, because, you know, when we talk about this team earlier, we had a Timo Meyer on the squad. There was a Jacob Megna. There was, you know, any number of players that are now no longer with the Sharks. 
Um, and I don't know who will or who will not be dealt in the offseason or what exactly is going to happen. But again, the early parts of the year were defined by glaring, obvious mistakes, bad turnovers, passes where guys are trying to make too much happen and do just too much overall. That's not the same type of mistakes what we're seeing with the Sharks right now. We're watching a team that, in my opinion, because of the way that they are not as talented as they were previously, that is only able to put out so much on the ice. And teams figure them out. And teams see what they're doing. And they're able to break that down. And they're able to absorb what the Sharks are trying to do out there on the ice. And yes, the Sharks might score first. And they might find their way to get it back into a game. But ultimately, teams are able to handle the San Jose Sharks. And that's not some hot take. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Sharks' record. You know, they, they are not exactly world beaters. They are 19 37 and 14. They've got 52 points. You look at their record at home, six wins, 20 losses, and 10 overtime losses. And say they win eight out of those 10 overtime losses. That's another 16 points. That puts them at 68 points. And they're up there with St. Louis. And then you look at the road where they have had, you know, a little bit more success. Um, you know, you just start looking at these little things like only six home wins. That can't be replicated a year from now just by the law of averages. You look at the 10 overtime losses at home. I mean, it just, you start thinking about getting the overtime games going your way. You start thinking about getting the home games going your way. And then you start to think about what would be a better overall performance from the team. I mean, look at Calgary. Calgary has 15 overtime losses, but they've got 16 wins at home and they've got 15 wins away from home. I mean, they're better on the road than they are at home, and they've only got four overtime losses at home. I mean, Calgary marred by inconsistently over, inconsistency overall, especially in the earlier goings, but now they're you know closer to being what they want to be. They are only four points back at the final wild card spot, and they're much, much better than what they were early on. But the big difference is just how many home wins they've been able to rack up. I mean, the Sharks just have not been able to do that. If the Sharks had been able to rack up those home wins and just be better overall um, you know, with their overtime losses, it's a, it's an entirely different story. But I also acknowledge that I can't look too far into the future because we don't know exactly what is going to happen. But right now, you know, these are the hard games. It's the final 12 of the season where you are going to be proving yourself to management, to your coaching staff, and to the fan base. Like, I think the fans are going to pay attention to who's going out there and fighting and who's not. You know, as much praise as we all give Eric Carlson this year, people did not love his effort on that first goal, the shorthanded goal, it gave the Islanders momentum that did not come back the other way. And for all I know, he thought he was going to get a penalty. He was trying to be careful, whatever it was. But I know that that was a moment that fans didn't love. And listen, I'm not trying to criticize Eric Carlson. I'm just pointing to that one moment. Eric Carlson has been the Sharks' best player this year without question. And for him to have a bad moment there, I I don't want to pick on him. I'm just saying little things like that matter right now. Fans, those of you listening, me watching as I still consider myself a quote-unquote fan, even though I am a part of the media, I I still acknowledge that these things are happening. And I see and I'm like, "Eh, that's not a good look. That wasn't a good play. You don't love that. And it's not just the defensive efforts. I mean, we can talk about other moments throughout the course of the games and throughout the course of the season. You know, I go back to early on, Matt Benning had a pass, a head-down pass from behind the net where he threw it into the middle of the slot and it turned right into a goal. That's a moment that frustrates a fan. Moments that happen right now when it's pretty much all lost, those are going to hurt, right? Like fans are going to remember those moments. So I would hope 
that the Sharks tonight do have a very good showing just for that overall desire to show that they still want to be here, that they still want to put forth a good effort for a number of reasons and a number of fans, coaches, front office, everybody who is watching because this is the hardest part of the year. All right, we are out of time. Be sure to join us at 6 for live pregame coverage ahead of tonight's game against the Oilers. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.